Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. So we are going to continue this morning in our series on grow, grow. And uh, we know uh, from the last couple weeks that it is God's will for us to grow as people, not just grow outwardly this way, but to grow um, spiritually, to grow emotionally, to grow mentally, right? Uh, to mature, he wants us to grow. God wants us to grow. And we know that we are spirit, soul, and body. Now, the last couple of weeks, I know I've hit sin pretty hard, that sin is not your friend. I, I realize that, but it's for a purpose. Uh, we, sometimes we need to be hit hard by the word of God. All of us do, right? So that we can understand uh, the depth of uh, our relationship with God and also the seriousness of what the enemy tries to bring against us to get us off track. And so that's why we hit that pretty hard, but we know that we're a complex being. We are, we are complex people, right? And so we, you know, in our mind is our, as you know, our will and our emotions, and they play a huge part in how we live our life. And we know that we're, we, today we're dealing uh, with our emotions. And so that's why in this word today, we're going to deal with our emotions. And as believers, we must be transformed emotionally, okay? As believers, we must understand that, first of all, we're emotional beings. God did not remove our emotions when he saved us. Our emotions are still here. But instead of removing them, he's transforming them. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. He's transforming our emotions. So let's look at our base scripture for this series on how God wants us to grow. Psalm 92, if you have your Bible there or a way to get the scripture uh, on another device that you're not using to, look, to, to stream the service, you can read along with us. If not, we'll put it up on the screen here. Psalm 92, verse 12 to 15. The Bible simply says this. It says that the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. That's a promise. Shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Why? To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Paul told the Romans that for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Paul also told the Corinthians, listen, that God is transforming us. He told him in 3.18, he said, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being, what's that word there? Transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
And then he told the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 4.23, he said, and being renewed in the spirit of your mind that you might put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So listen, this, this transformation that God is doing with us, this transformation is something that takes time. It takes faith. It takes focus. It takes hard work. And we need to stop looking for, you know, the quick fix and the lightning bolts, especially when it comes to our emotions. There are no quick fixes. You know, you don't win the championship uh, with just a few workouts and then you're ready, right? You know, we don't, we don't get to the end. You know, you don't get to your fitness goal by doing a few HIIT workouts, two or three days, and you say, hey, that's it, I'm there. No, it takes time. We are being transformed, and we have to understand this thing is a marathon. This thing called life is a marathon, right? Paul did say, I run the race, but it's a long race that we must run, and we're all, be, we're all built the same way, you know, and we, we're built bit by bit, step by step. Everything that we go through in our life makes up who we are, right? So there's no magic solution. There's no quick fix to building our, to rebuilding our emotional world, if you will. Real sustainable change doesn't happen in a, in a, in a moment, in the blink of an eye. No, it's a process. And so let's talk about that, transforming our emotional world. If you know me, you know I'm a person that would say, listen, if you want to go somewhere, if you want to get to where you're going, the first thing you need to do is understand where you are. You have to know exactly where you are, right? And so we have to know where we are emotion emotionally, right? We need to know where we are emotionally. And so it, it, our emotional world before salvation, here are some of the emotions that we got uh, with the fall. All right, and I'm going to talk about this. Just stick with me through this. Here are some of the emotions that came upon us because, well, I'll talk about that in a moment. Here, emotions like fear, emotions like despair and anger. What about resentment and bitterness? Even emotions of inferiority, right? I'm not as good as everyone else. What about emotions of guilt and condemnation? That's what the enemy puts upon you guilt and condemnation, also uncontrolled passion, right? Not that we shouldn't have passion. We're passionate people, but uncontrolled passion is one of the worst things in the world, right? And then just emotional brokenness. You know, those things are things that, that have come upon us with the fall, right? All of this imbalance in our emotional life, how we're driven by emotions, our feelings and our passions, all of these negative emotions, negative emotions like depression and despair, the absence of hope. We should never live a life with the absence of hope. No matter what happens in our life, we should not have the absence of hope. Yes, we take a hit every once in a while. It's true. 
right? We, we, have, we suffer some setbacks. We suffer some offenses. We suffer things emotionally. We have to grieve losses of loved ones, or we have to deal with uh, losing a job or a friend or something that happens in a relationship, whatever it may be. We absolutely suffer setbacks, but I want to tell you that we cannot go through life and we should not go through life with the absence of hope. Because with every setback, there is hope. There is hope. You know, we can't go through life with sadness constantly, heaviness of spirit, just always have the blues. You know, you ever met someone who just is always negative, you know, always walk, walks around downcast, you know, and that type of thing, just always oppressed, pessimistic thoughts, right? I, I was listening to a comedian one time on a talk show and he was talking about that as he uh, began to be, be successful, he has a brother that is so negative, right? And so, you know, he, he'd call his brother up and, you know, he'd tell him, guess what, you know, uh, you know my comedy show uh, just went number one. Isn't that great? And his brother's like, yeah, domestically. You know, like he, he always had something negative to say, <laughs> right? And so you ever met people like that? Well, we shouldn't go through life like that with these negative uh, comments all the time. And pessimistic feelings of worthless. Why? Because it's not that we don't have those emotions. We know that God didn't uh, take those emotions away. He's transforming them, and we still have emotions for a purpose. But we must grow. That's what we're talking about. We can't stay. When I was a child, I thought like a child. You can't have childlike emotions in an adult marriage, right? Many people do, right? But we, we must grow. We must, we must grow emotionally. And we have to understand that our emotions and our emotional world was brought under the redemption of the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he conquered our emotions as well. Again, we still have them. I'm not talking about he got rid of them or they went away, but I'm saying that he conquered them so that we control them they don't control us. Come on. Galatians 5.24 says that those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You crucified the flesh along with all the passions of the flesh and all of the desires. What does that mean? That means that you now control it. It doesn't control you. You're not led through life by your emotions. However you feel that day, that's the way the day is going to go because I just don't feel very good. So everything else is not good. And you treat everybody bad because you don't feel good emotionally today. That's not the way you live the Christian life. You control your emotions. They don't control you. Come on. Paul said, stop being anxious. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, right? Prayer and supplication. Make your request be made known unto God. Stop being anxious. You can control it. Anxiety comes upon all of us. We all get anxious. We all uh, get fearful. All of those things come upon all of us, but you can control it. You can look in the mirror and tell yourself, all right, I'm in control. And there's a way to use these emotions for God's glory. There's a way to use them for God's glory. Here's what I think many of us don't understand, or, or a lot of people fall short in, in controlling your emotions is surrender. A simple word, surrender. We try so hard to control our emotions, and the real key is surrender, which begins really with repentance, 
right? Because repentance, what does it do? Repentance allows God to then reprogram our emotions. There's no clear button. There's no delete button on your emotions. You, you mentally have to be reprogrammed. Do you think that you can live a life 20, 17, 18, 20, 25 years, and all of this stuff is put into uh, your psyche, all of these things, all of your experiences are put in there, and you can just hit a delete button. You can't do that. We have to surrender to God to allow him to then go into the garden of our mind and begin to dig up everything that's not like him and to begin to plant seed. The seed, what is the seed? The seed is the word of God. And let him plant that seed in our minds. And that way, God things begin to grow in our God garden and they begin to push out the weeds of negative emotions. So repentance is key. Repentance is key. Isaiah 59, 20 says this. It says, the Redeemer will come to Zion and to those who turn from their transgressions in Jacob, says the Lord. He's coming to you, but he wants you to repent. We must repent. We must surrender. We've got to do it. And then that's when regeneration takes place. It's God doing something supernaturally. It's God transforming uh, the individual, you and I giving us new spiritual vitality. He's giving us a direction, changing our nature, changing our character. We can't do it. You can go to all the 12-step programs you want to. It'll help you to be better. It'll help you to be more disciplined, but it will not transform. It will not change you. It will not uh, perform uh, you know, a metamorphosis from the inside out. All it will do is conform you but still on the inside, you're still the same. If the inside isn't changed at some point, that's going to come out. Come on, that's going to come out. So we need that regeneration from God. It can't be from us. Titus 3, 5 said this, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing, Titus 3.5, in case you want to write that down, renewing of the Holy Spirit. And then Colossians 3.10 says it puts it this way, and have put on the new man who is, watch this word, renewed in knowledge, renewed according to the image of him who created him. And so God is using our emotions to renew us, and he's going to use it for his glory. Let me just throw a few other things that Paul said at you. In Ephesians 2.10, Paul said this, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. We are his workmanship. And then in Philippians 1.6, it says, being confident, you know it, in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you. He's begun a good work. That means that there's a journey. He will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That means we are on a journey. Everything doesn't happen overnight. You know, if you don't have control of your emotions one day and all of a sudden you begin to read your word and you're, you're starting to be transformed and all of a sudden you fall back another day. Listen, don't worry. This is a journey. God is transforming you. The whole key to it is don't give up. Don't stay down. You have to understand who you are in Christ that you might be able to take over your emotions and use them for the glory 
of God, glory of God. Colossians 3.1 says this, if then, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind. You have to do it. This is what you can do. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. Why? Because you died and your life is hidden in Christ. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. He's saying, but you have control. You have the control to do that. You just don't fall into something. You know, it cracks me up. I know that this analogy has been used several times before, but it's so funny to me. You're watching a, a TV show or some, you know, used to be uh, soap operas uh, were big with this and all of that where, uh, you know, two people, uh, you know, didn't have any, uh, you know, bad intentions on doing anything with each other. But all of a sudden, one night, they just happened to be together watching a movie and they accidentally, you know, did things that they didn't want to do. And it was just an accident. We were just there. No accident. You knew what you were doing. You, you know, it, 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 it was there for you to say no to, and you can control it. You don't have to allow your emotions to control you. All of these things, Paul is telling the church at Coloss, you put them to death. Put them to death. You can control it. And think about it. It's a beautiful thing for you to be able to control your emotions. Why would you want to go through life and allow your emotions to control you? so that you don't have any idea where it just depends on how you feel that day. What's going on? Do you feel love that day? Well, then that's how it's going to go. Well, do you feel hatred that day? Do you feel fear that day? That's how uh, you're going to treat others, right? And so Jesus told us this. He said, it boils down to this, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And so how should we use our emotions? How can our emotions be used? Well, first of all, number one, we need to use our emotions to love God. That's the first thing that our emotions are for. That's the first purpose for our emotions. Every emotion you have is, should be used to love God. Deuteronomy 6, 5 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all, here's the word, all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. God is an all-in person. And so we must use our emotions to love God. The second thing that we have to do is we must use our emotions to help focus us on the things of God that will help us to focus. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, if then you were raised with Christ, we just read it. Seek those things which are above. Where is our focus? Where's our focus? Down in verse 12 of that same chapter in Colossians, it says, therefore, as the elect of God, that's you, by the way, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Listen to what he says, bearing with one another. Listen, to bear with one another, you cannot allow your emotions to control you. If we're going to bear with one another, we must control our emotions. It says, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. You think if God was in his feelings, you think if God was in his emotions that we, he would have forgiven us the way that he has forgiven us? No. And it says, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. 
Use your emotions to help you focus. And then thirdly, use your emotions to help you help others. We need to use our emotions to help us minister to others. Galatians 6.1 says, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, it doesn't say laugh at him. It doesn't say call him out. It doesn't say embarrass him in front of everyone else. It says, you who are spiritual, if you're spiritual, come on, restore such a one. So if you're not doing that, maybe you need to check and see if you're spiritual. I'm just saying. It says, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Come on. And then Philippians chapter 2, 1 and 2, it says, therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy is what he's telling us. So these are the proper uses of our emotions. These are how, this is how we're going to use our emotions to love God, help, uh, help us focus, first of all, and then help us, uh, let our emotions help us help others. Help me, Lord Jesus, to help somebody else. Well, then how do we do this? How, how do we get there? That, that sounds good, Brother Mike, that sounds good uh, that we need to use our emotions in this way, but how do I do that? How do I use my emotions? Well, managing our emotions, we manage it by the word and the spirit. But the first thing we have to understand is that to manage our emotions, it takes discipline. It takes discipline. It's not easy to manage our emotions. Decisions help us to start. So it's one thing to make a decision, but discipline helps us to finish. I'm going to say that again, because you can apply that to more than just your emotions. Decisions help us get a good start, but discipline helps us finish. So the need for self-control emphasizes the difficulties and stresses that occur in our lives, right? The lives of every human being. Nothing could be more dangerous than to permit our emotions to rule our destinies. Your emotions are not your destiny. And to do so is to be cast adrift in the path of life's storms. Whatever life happens, you know, whatever cards I was dealt, that's just what I have to go with. Nothing can change. Uh, that's how I am. I'm, I'm this way. I was born this way, and that's how I am. No, surrender to God, and it takes discipline to manage your emotions. Galatians 5.22 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It doesn't say the fruit of the Spirit is fear and anguish. Come on, and all of those things. No. Against such, there is no law. And those who are in Christ have been crucified with, the, with Christ. Their flesh has been crucified along with its passions and its desires. Come on. Don't drift back into bad habits or, or patterns of old emotional habits. Don't expect another person to fight your battles for you. This is you going to God in your secret place. Come on. And allowing him to take over your emotions. Here's another thing too. Don't exaggerate yesterday, right? I, our past successes and failures look bigger to us in hindsight than they really were. I know some bad things may have happened and maybe some good things happened. Don't over-exaggerate it. Today is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it today going forward. Come on. You can get over that. It takes discipline. And the second thing is it takes faith. You have to believe 
And believing is not a matter of wishing, but believing is a matter of knowing and choosing. It is not something that you feel like doing, right? But it's something that you choose to do based on what you have come to believe is true. Come on. You believe it's true. Faith is the operating principle of life. Without it, you cannot please God. We don't live by our feelings and our emotions. If we live by feelings, uh, listen, we advance when we feel high emotions. And we, we're still and we're stagnant when we have no emotions. That's not the way we are. We're always moving forward no matter how we feel, right? We don't want to be that person that walks by emotions. Those who make feelings their principle of life, they expose themselves to many dangers. You don't want to be that person. Ephesians 6.16 says, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And then Romans, Paul said this, the just shall what? Come on, I can hear you saying it. Live by faith. Live by faith. A life of faith rules over feelings. Come on, that's what faith brings you. Truth and principle rule our conduct, not emotions. A life of faith rules our circumstances. No matter what comes your way, no matter what storm you have that you have to walk through or walk on, doesn't matter. Your faith rules your circumstances. The circumstances are there, but guess what? Faith allows you to go right through it. A life of faith handles pain and suffering. Yes, we will have pain and suffering. There will be times of grief. There will be times of all of those things. But a life of faith allows you to walk through those things and handle them and not allow your emotions to handle you. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 4, 19 and 20. He said, not being weak in faith. You are not to be weak in faith. He said he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. He's talking about Abraham here and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So listen, stop negative self-talk. Stop uh, negative behaviors. Stop complaining and dwelling on the pain that only makes it worse. Avoid negative statements. It takes discipline and it takes faith. I know we all the time it's, that's difficult for us to do because we're programmed. There's things in there that just automatically come out. When something happens, there's a, there's a program response a lot of times that we just say that's negative. But you, guess what? Surrender to God. Work on it. It takes discipline. It takes faith. Take time to enjoy life. Come on, practice relaxation techniques. Keep tabs on depression. Do all of those things. It takes discipline. It takes faith. And then also, managing our emotions takes a renewed mind and mouth, okay? What we say is important. What we say is important. Romans 12, 2, you know this one, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm not going to add to the word, but, I'm just, but I know that this leads to this, so I'm just going to throw this in there. And mouth. Let your mind, because if your mind is renewed, your mouth should be renewed. Come on. That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to tell you, if you're making a bunch of negative statements all the time and you find yourself doing that constantly, I would tell you this, you don't have a renewed mind. 
You need to allow God to renew your mind. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. So this is how we manage our emotions, saints. This is how we need to do it. Again, you have to remember that it is a process. Come on, this is not a one-time thing. It's not just tomorrow, all of a sudden, I'm great and I've arrived at where I need to arrive. No, this is a process. First Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight. Come on, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We must continue to strive. We must even grope if we have to after the prize. You can control your emotions. 